Hello and welcome to the Pack MTG Cast. I'm your host, Mason Grody. We got my two lovely co-hosts, Brian Cole and Brinson. Leandre. Uh, I, I think it's K-Town. K-Town. I yeah. like that, actually. Yeah, it's Brinson, Leandre, K-Town. I like that. I'm coming out with my R&B album next week. Make sure to buy it. It's got the smooth, smooth jazz, baby. All righty. So uh, <laughs> we're going to be promoting that uh, album coming out, but also yeah. we're going to be talking about Sounds of the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> we're also going to talk about the, we got some tournaments on MTG Melee that we're, you know, we're going to be hosting. If you follow us or whatever, we said that we we're going to have our vintage tournament uh, today that we're recording, possibly not when we release, but uh we have to post to postpone that to next Sunday, which is what? What is that? Is that the thirty first? No, no next Sunday first. is the first. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and the reason for that is uh, because currently the vintage weekend for Eternal Eternal weekend. weekend, which is now multiple weekends, which is what threw me off. I thought I had checked it when we picked the date originally, but I didn't realize they were doing multiple weekends for Eternal Weekend. It's not plural. I'm not angry. But anyway, uh, we knew we couldn't compete with that, so we had to postpone. Yeah. That's just kind of bad advertising on their part. Like, that's kind of like Weekend at Bernie's, but there was a Weekend at Bernie's, too. So it's mm-hmm. actually Weekends at Bernie's. Right. That's a really Pretty good analogy. The same thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first thought. <clears throat> yeah, mine, too. I, I just didn't want to say anything. You know? <laughs> Um, and then we have the dream band list the following Sunday. Do we have any other topics? Really, we'll, we'll probably stumble into those as um, we go along. Or I mean, uh, if you haven't been checking it out as well, we have started doing Fanny Fight Night, uh, which is streaming on Wednesdays and Friday evenings, if um, time or people allow. Yeah. So hopefully, we do continue that. But we are streaming that on Twitch. Generally, we were playing modern. Um, we're looking at doing something called Brews Day, where we brew decks up, kind of like what they do on SCG Live or SCG Versus. Um, but if you guys are interested in that, we kind of talk through our lines. We talk through certain matchups. We talk about sideboarding decisions. Um, if I'm here, I'll be butting in a lot, saying, I don't agree with that line. And... A lot giving, of that. Yeah, giving my reasoning, but I won't be here this next one, so if you don't want that, it won't be there. But you can find that at twitch.tv slash fannypackmtg uh, to watch those. Um, we usually start around 5.36 Central Time, so mm-hmm. you can plan around that accordingly. Sounds good. Sounds good. So uh, what do we want to start on? Do we want to start on Vintage, or do we kind of want to discuss the rules of the the dream band list, and then kind of discuss vintage. Uh-huh. So, I, yeah, I guess we don't know how long we're going to spend discussing vintage, so we can save that for last. Sure. Sure. <clears throat> or do we want to save our big reveal for the end? Is the big reveal the, the band, the dream band? Yeah. I think so. I think we could probably go on. We could probably go on quite a bit on the, the band list and talk about, like, strategies and stuff like that. Yeah. That's our big reveal? I thought it was our top 10 Jessica Biel movies. Uh, yeah. That, <laughs> dude, we're saving that for like... The our, 20th episode? Yeah. that's Okay. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Dude. Spoilers. Seven. Sorry. Yeah. God damn it. <clears throat> yeah. That's why you guys got to keep me in the loop. Yeah. It, 
Did Seventh Heaven come out with a movie? Because <laughs> that's easy, number one. I think yeah. it came out with multiple television movies, maybe. I don't know. Like, I'll be home for Christmas, or I don't know. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of Seventh Heaven, um, the dad, I don't. this just struck me as funny. This is pretty dated, but if you guys are fans of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. He was the dad of Charlie and D. Yeah. That, Not that, Charlie and D, Dennis and D. Yeah, yeah. That that struck me as wait what I yeah. thought the dad was uh... no he he was their fake dad the the real dad was Frank's wow. wife cheated on him with that with Seventh Heaven dad and that wow. that was the product was the two kids yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah <laughs> I think if you know if you notice um neither of them are like four feet tall yeah yeah that's what I was saying yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense <clears throat> so yeah should we, should we talk so about... should we delve more into Always Sunny more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was more thinking <clears throat> Seventh Heaven, but yeah, you know what? Well, we haven't discussed this enough, <laughs> so that also will be episode twenty. <clears throat> so look forward to that episode. It's a it's a banger one. We get, yeah. that's eight. That's sixteen weeks from now, people. Sixteen mm-hmm. weeks from now. Yeah, that's coming I, up. Yeah, something to look forward to during these trying times. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things to look forward to during these trying times. So, dream band list? Vintage. Let's start vintage. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Your drinking is tearing this down. <laughs> Let's talk vintage. Okay. Sure. Fucking fine. <laughs> Just tell me what to talk about. Jesus. That's all yeah, we spent like an hour before this trying to plan this out. And then we start going... We're Are you we're, audible like that. We're fill. We're. I'm just trying to fill time. <laughs> sure. Honestly. Um, so vintage. Vintage is, vintage is the oldest magic format, um, or it gives you access to the oldest cards. Uh, there is a slight ban list. The only ban lists are cards that have anti and cards that create sub games, dexterity cards like chaos orb, and of course the um, the cards from conspiracy. What are they? Plot cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Yeah. So those are the only cards that are banned. Shahrazad or Shahrazad is banned. Cards that create subgames. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Luris, of course, is also yep. banned. Of course. That's, uh, that's how you know there was something fucked up about that mechanic. Wait, yeah. but Mind Twist was banned in Vintage until 2004. Is there something fucked up about that card? Yeah, dude. Twist your mind. You're twisting my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that logic right there. Well, no, and also. Offensive cards now are banned. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can't play uh, Cleansing, Allah, uh, Invoke Prejudice. Yeah, that, that, that was the, the big one. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the ones that I can think of. There's I, another white card I can't think of. That was Cleansing. No, I think there's another one. There's yeah. Crusade. Crusade. Crusade, that's the one. Th- that That's the one that I think is a little... Was there something in the art? Yes. I mean, there obviously the Crusades were pretty awful, but, like, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> we have a Roman Catholic sympathizer. I repeat, we have a Roman Catholic sympathizer. Look, man, you guys weren't there. <laughs> All right. Um, when it happened? <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm dating myself. <laughs> so there's a bunch of different archetypes in um, vintage. Uh, very powerful, but... I think that people get the wrong idea than think, saying that like 
well, Vintage is a turn one format. Like, yeah, there, there are decks that do have access to turn one kills, but um, it's not every and all deck. And a lot of decks also have the tools in place to slow those decks down as well. Um, you'd have to have like a very, very, very specific or like God draw to be able to turn one. Um, I don't even think that, I think there's only like a couple turn one decks in the format anyway. It's actually like not as turn one as people think it is, but. Well, other than like the most popular deck. Doomsday. Doomsday yeah. and PO, I think are the two decks that are capable <laughs> of turn one wins. Yeah. Um, but I think the only deck, <clears throat> the only major deck that can't, prevent a turn one against it is dredge is dredge yeah yep. so and even then i have actually seen some new variants that do play force okay sure just like pitch an arc amiibo like you got it in your yeah. opening hand anyway like might as well yeah uh and i think they're starting to do that more because with the new london mulligan rule uh and uh also once upon a time made it so they yeah. don't necessarily have to mulligan until they find bizarre. Uh, bizarre so they can have more cards in hand than they used to um, <clears throat> which has opened up a lot of flex slots and there's also like a few different versions of the deck now too yeah can we not talk about dredge like that's the one deck i don't want to talk about that deck is ridiculous like that deck has been hit with <clears throat> restrictions on restrict it's the storm it's the modern storm deck of vintage mm-hmm. where it's been hit by like a ton of restrictions they've cut the power level of cards and it still just finds a way to perform. Yeah. It, oddly enough, like, uh, one of the cards people are calling to have banned from that now is uh, that artifact creature um, that costs two less for each card you discarded this turn. Hollow one. Hollow, Hollow one. Oh, nice. Uh, because it, it's making the deck so much harder to attack uh, because it doesn't give a shit about having a graveyard. Yeah. Uh, also, it it's enabling much more explosive early kills by enabling Vengevines and whatnot. Those are two different decks, aren't they? Like there's like the, um, there's like the survival of the fittest discard deck, like the Vengevine deck. And then there's the dredge deck. Those are, they are two different or no. Yeah. Well, uh, that's actually what I was about to start talking about is now there's like, there's like three different bizarre Baghdad decks. It's not just one anymore. Okay. Yeah. What Uh, what is the other one? Cause I named the other two cause I'm smart. Yeah. Uh, okay, so asking the glue, please. Sorry. Yep. And now I can't. So uh, they're they're calling it Hogak, and then there's like the traditional one, and then there's the Vengevine. Okay, isn't yeah. would, would you say that like the Hogak deck is, might just be better than the Dredge deck, or am I am I being a little yeah. too biased with? I mean, I think the the Hogak and the Vengevine are the more popular ones now. Okay. Yes. So I'm not an expert in it. Um, but I have been reading a lot of vintage articles lately and, uh, <clears throat> that, that was one of the main things people were talking about what really changed. And it's something that's frustrating longtime vintage players because their old rules for beating the bizarre Baghdad deck aren't working anymore. And there's so many different variants on it right. and they still share a lot of cards. So sometimes game one, you might not even figure out exactly what variant you're playing against. Weird. That's okay. So uh, yeah. So we just heard from Brian, the dredge expert. <clears throat> hashtag. I'm not an expert at this. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I could. I, I'm a little more versed in like great legacy Hogak and yeah. stuff. Um, and I certainly looked at playing that deck, but it's it's so weird. Like in comparison, like 
it's so focused on Bizarre Baghdad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It turns out that card's really good. Yeah. Which is <clears throat> sad. Yeah, it, and that's what makes it so good is because it wins most of its games without casting a single spell. Yeah. Which is fucking I, weird. I think the only time I've ever seen that <laughs> deck cast a spell is when it's casting Survival of the Fittest. And, th- and that variant is, that's the only spell it needs to cast. Everything else, it just does not matter. It's like... Um, and now once a bottom time. Like... Yeah, so it'll cast one, two spells in a yeah. game, and then just kill you. And that's like, it's technically casting, but it costs zero mana. So right. Like, well, yeah. yeah, so I guess you're also casting Hollow One, but it costs zero. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like the the Dredge version literally doesn't cast spells, but yeah, yeah. That I I think I hate Dredge just because it. It's like an amalgamation of just so many weird creatures that are never good on their own. They just, yeah. they need the others. And like, it, I, I just find it, it's weird looking at like a legacy board or like a vintage board and then playing dredge. And like, they have a narc amoeba right next to like an Icarid. And it's just like, <laughs> these creatures didn't see play in their time in standard, but here they are right next to each other, just hanging out, having a grand time. So, I, I mean, that's, that's something that usually appeals to me. I like decks that take cards that would usually be completely unplayable, but, like, combined, they they become playable. Uh, but at the same time, I totally get... It's like, it doesn't feel like playing Magic with yeah. Dredge. Yeah. Like, it, it's just... You're playing Solitaire. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, like, I don't even mind playing decks that are Solitaire, where you don't care much about your opponent, but you're, like, doing things, and you're casting spells, and there's, like, points of interaction, mm-hmm. and there's decision-making... Uh, I don't think Dredge has any of that most of the time. So Dredge it, doesn't feel at like least magic. Once you get into like the legacy and vintage versions, especially. Yeah. At least the modern versions, you got to resolve some spells. Yeah. To but get going, I think, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's what makes me mad about Dredge is because I generally have had such miserable matchups against F- F- Dredge as the decks I like to play in magic. But not only that, it's, you're playing a deck or you're playing a game that should involve two people and you out of every deck that you had access to chose to play the deck. That's like, I don't really want to play with you. So I'm just going to do my thing over here. And your, your opponent just kind of has to be like, well, I'll try and throw some like things in the way to stop you. But yeah, uh, you're just doing your thing. Like it just, that does not feel like magic. Like, I played for the interaction. I didn't come to see you flip half your deck over it on two turns and wonder where I went wrong. Yeah, it was deciding to play magic. That's where I went wrong. Um, also, this is overgeneralizing, but like, it always feels like it's so, uh, it's so different from all the other decks that it's like, oh, you find out you're playing against Dredge the first game. You're like, either you came prepared or you didn't, and you have to like slot in like four leyline of the voids. Yeah. You have to like side in like, oh, I didn't know we were playing Yu Gi Oh. I got my Exodia in the car. Yeah. Like. Yeah. and there's like it, there's. There are exceptions, but there's like, I feel like not, there's few decks that are like, oh, I'm good against these decks, include, I'm also just good against Dredge naturally. I feel like Dredge is something that is hard to be naturally good against, depending on if, what you're playing, of course, like if you're playing a combo deck that wins on turn two. Or, right. Fuck, this would have been a great transition into the modern dream ban list because yeah. I was just going to say like Splinter Twin is one of those decks that I think can keep Dredge on his toes. He's like, well, if you're not going to be interacting with me 
Yeah. Sure, you'll have a giant board on turn three or four, but then you're dead. Right. So you guys actually heard it here first. Yeah. If you want to beat Dredge and Vintage, um, play Splinterfoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No, but so the way to uh, – I, th- I think a big part of why Doomsday has gotten so popular is because Dredge started to get popular right after um, the recent bans of uh, – Lurids. Or, well, the restrictions of – well, the ban of Lurus, they also restricted Oak, not Oko. Fuck. There were recent restrictions in Vintage. The last um, one I can think of. Yeah. Karn. It was, it was yep. Karn Narset. Yeah, Karn Narset. Whatever. Those. <clears throat> uh, Dredge was like one of the decks that got no hits. And then it started to creep into dominance. And then Doomsday got its new payoff to make the piles so much easier in Thassa's Oracle. Um, made the deck a lot easier to play <laughs> and therefore win with. Uh, so then Doomsday started to come to prey on those, um, which is then in turn allowed the interactive blue decks to start to creep back in. Uh, the most prominent one being Sultai right now. Yeah, Sultai's really popular. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Druids is... Not this good. We played. We played all the druids through the league. Do we four one or do we three two? I we four one when it was all three of us the first time we did it. Because yeah, we we're like we we're expecting to go into the league and just get crushed. Yeah. And before we know it, we're like three and zero in like ten minutes, and we're like, what is happening? Uh, but that deck was sweet yeah. because your two payoffs were Niv Mizzet and Grizzlebrand. And um, fun fact: those cards have some synergy together. Yeah. Yeah, they do. We, we pulled that off, and that was kind of sweet. Uh, also, at the time, a lot of the decks people were playing really struggled to beat in and miss it. Uh, but then, uh, without you guys, much later, like a week ago, I think, I decided to try to put that exact same list through, and then miss it was balls. Uh, I just kept playing against the new Golo Stacks deck and just looking like a freaking idiot. And they always had their one of... Uh, white land that can bounce a legendary Karaka. and they, they never got it with Golos they always just, just drew it just to rub it in my face but yeah and that was a nightmare and then that's when I figured out that most of the recent Oath of oh. Druids decks that did well were actually running that it's four a green and a white uh, yeah, the uh, the Paragon. The, the Paragon? From Conspiracy, where when it enters the battlefield, you choose instant sorcery artifact or planeswalker, and they can't play. I think it's symmetrical. I think both. Yeah, both players can't play the card chosen. Yeah, and I was like, that seems like an odd pick. Like, I can kind of see how that would be good. But I, and then I was like, oh, it doesn't get bounced by Krakus. And in that particular matchup, you name artifact, and they're mostly just done. So, yeah, pro tip, if you want to be playing Oath of Druids, you probably need that card in your deck. And Oath of Druids was a really fun deck when we played it. Um, that version sounds like it's balls. <laughs> I want to just play with Nimbus and Gristlebrand. Yeah, that, uh, it, was yeah. <laughs> it was a blast. But I would at least have that thing in sideboard. Otherwise, you're probably just going to lose to Golo Stacks, yeah. which is, uh, yeah, so I ended up going 2-3 with the deck, and all of my losses were to Golo Stacks. Speaking of Golo Stacks, <laughs> Golo Stacks, we yeah. do have a prison connoisseur by the name of Mason Grody here that if he could play the tournament, would be playing Golo Stacks. So, like, what what is Golo Stacks? What do you like about it? Like, what is it looking to do? 
Um, well, just a little heads up. I don't know much. I haven't been reading articles on vintage. I played one league <laughs> with Blue Xerox for my first dip into the format, which is kind of a silly. So silly listen first. to everything this man says. <laughs> but the Golo Stacks deck looks in like looks really sweet. It looks like everything I want to do. Um, I only played against it once in the league. I didn't realize. So I guess everything is in, in the name basically of like mostly what it wants to do. It just has a bunch of stacks pieces. What does stacks mean? What is that? Um, it's taxing, taxing your opponents. Like it has a turn of spear, which is also restricted, right? That's just three balls restricted. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Like, yeah. That's yeah. great. Okay. I mean, with all the moxin and shit. Yeah. So they got a Trinosphere. They got one Chalice of the Void, which is also restricted. And yeah, um, Chalice of the Void, <laughs> dude. Yeah, Chalice. I need, on to, zero. I need to look at the business restriction <laughs> list apparently. Okay. Chalice on zero. Yeah, man. no, I, I I believe it. It's just oh man, That's... Chalice. But then it has Thorn of Animus, right? Amethyst. Amethyst. Yeah, and things that tax your opponent make it difficult for your opponent to play mm-hmm. uh, Magic, and it plays Golos. It plays one card, which is also restricted. We already mentioned that. Yeah. And yeah, and then it has like a whole package of lands to find with Golos that can be really taxing for your opponent. It has the one of Pendlehaven. Nope, not Pendlehaven. Tabernacle. 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 Why do I always I always call Tabernacle Pendlehaven? Pendlehaven, Isn't that the one that's bombs? They're like totally different ones. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that'd be sick in the deck. Yeah. You play an Archon Ravagron one, make it a two three, bam. I mean, you can play it a one as a one of. Yeah, you, know, right. you can fetch it out. You got Caracas, like you mentioned. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, and by the way, that's another way people are fighting uh, the dredge decks and stabs. Uh, yeah, it's just having um, tabernacle in the sideboard. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of random decks will have like two tabernacles in the sideboard. Yeah, which seems really odd. So, for those of you who are not aware, tabernacle is a land from Legends or Antiquities. Legends. One of the old ones. It, it's Legends. Um, <laughs> and it is a legendary land that does not produce mana, but it says all creatures gain at the beginning of their upkeep. Sacrifice this creature unless you pay one generic mana. Two, isn't it? It's one. It's one. One per. It's one per creature. <clears throat> anyway, carry on. Uh, so before I was so rudely interrupted, I was, <laughs> um, so this... Uh, Gets you around like the go wide strategies. Uh, it's pretty good against almost every archetype that I can think of, besides maybe like a control deck. But the fact that it attacks your opponent's mana is just another stacks piece. And yeah, the card is really good. I mean, if this card sounds like something you want to play in EDH, uh, you can pick your copy up for $2,600. That's it. Yep. Man. <laughs> Man. We know you EDH players <laughs> love to spend money. Yeah. So yeah. Here's your opportunity. I just I just need that that card and I can play lands. Well, and I need you know I still need a lot more other things. But once I have the tabernacle, yeah, like, then you're what's another check. what's another thousand dollars for the rest of the deck? Exactly. But uh, yeah, the the other thing I didn't realize about the Golo stacks decks before I walked into it is that their land destruction thing is is big. That's that's what I got fucked with. Mm-hmm. Most yeah, is like they ha- that was play, the next thing I was going to talk about. They play four Crucible of Worlds, and they have four Wastelands and one Strip Mine because Strip Mine is restricted. restricted. Yeah, they, they run more than that though. They also run four Ghost Quarter and Ghost Quarter. That's right. Yeah, yeah. so they have nine land destruction. Yeah, lands. yeah, that is something I didn't realize until I started playing against it. I was like, oh Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> so they get out like a tax like a 
taxing card or two, and then they just start blowing up all your lands. Which is awesome. Which is yeah. so great. So I play this for Lee later? Or? It seems well, dope. I think I might I might play it to, today or tomorrow. But anyway, the the thing that I got mixed up with, with the mm-hmm. Tabernacle I'll pay two, is the, the only reason why I beat Golo Stacks was... Because you were paying two instead of one? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's Aether Flux is the card. Yeah. That I played a one of in my sideboard. Is all artifacts have, at the beginning of the upkeep, you pay two. Otherwise, you sacrifice it. Yeah, yeah. So I just like I played that, and excuse me, I almost I almost still lost that that game, which is saying something. But yeah, I uh, I had a very satisfying win against them where I was on Sultai. I just went turn one Black Lotus, play that, and then they scooped <laughs> on the play. Yeah, I was on the play. Yeah. <laughs> that seems good. And honestly, I had nothing else going on in the head. I was on like a mold of five, but I was like, they have a lot of trouble doing anything under that. And Do they uh, have any interaction with enchantments? No. Any way to get rid of that? No, they do not. Huh. So, yeah. Speaking of huh, uh, God Pharaoh's statue is also played in the main deck of this deck? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick. That's hilarious. But yeah, and that's what the Sultai deck is pretty heavily built to try to beat this deck too. Yeah, I was usually has three main deck collector oofs. Yeah, uh, and then in the sideboard, it'll often have the fourth alongside two of the enchantment we were just talking about. Yeah, so I mean, I think that the Sultai mid range deck, generally speaking, mid range is fine in uh, vintage. Like, there's not enough. There's a long period where it wasn't. Right. I was going to say, but there's yeah. usually not that much deck diversity that it struggles to know what it's going to be playing against. Like, a lot of the times it's yeah. just like, well, these are like the three best decks. I'll just prepare for these. But there's been a lot of hate pieces printed in green lately. Who would have thought? Green and blue. Uh, so, like, you have Narset that's been printed. Collector Oof. Uh, Leobol has been printed in the last three years, I think. So, like, you, you still have, like, a decent amount. And with Doomsday being... And Oko. And Oko, Yeah. And Doomsday being um, really prominent, it knows that Leobold's really good in Narset, so it has four ways to make sure, so that you can't get your uh, your draw engine going, so you're still going to die at a reasonable rate. Death Right Chaman has always been a really good card. So yeah, like the, the Sultan midrange deck is definitely just all, you know, 60, 60 good cards. There's these things in the deck called Power 9. It runs five of them, I think. One, two, three, four, six of them. Uh, it doesn't run Time Twister. Apparently no one likes that card. It's the weakest of the nine, right? Everybody can agree on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Easy. It, it's the most... It, it requires help, where none of the other cards really do. It's, it's a niche <laughs> card. You need to do something like... That, that was the other thing when I was playing Vintage, my, my experience of the one league that I did, was like, in that blue Xerox deck, and I saw another deck list, it's... It's almost like you just play one of because why not? Because they're just good cards. Like you play one Vampiric Tutor, you're not a combo deck. Just play it. Why not? It's a good card. Yeah. It'll get you something. It's also restricted. You can only play one. Well, sure. But yeah, it's, it's just like, it's something that's like, it feels like something you would play in a combo deck, but it's just like a one of, it's just a good card. You just play it. And yeah. Time Walk, there's no like real recent there's no like super synergy other yeah, than I mean, like it's just like plane blockers or something it's just yeah. such a good card just play it yeah it's such a low investment like, yeah at worst it's a it's free it. draw spell yeah. at, at best it 
no. wins you the game. Right. Yeah. At worst, at worst, it's a short or time walk is just explore. That's at its worst. It is explore. It draws you a card, allows you to play additional land. Right. It is it is explore, which is exactly how much explore costs, and people play that card. And this card is way better than that. So yeah, like yeah. so if you're playing vintage on a budget, just play explore. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the same card half the time. But if check out our new articles of vintage budget decks. <laughs> I actually like if I wanted to waste a bunch of my time for a joke, I think that would be funny. Like write, <laughs> yeah. write an article and like we're gonna take this this vintage deck and build it on a budget. <laughs> we're playing Buddy Land. <laughs> yeah, Vampire Tutor. We're just gonna play the uh not demonic. Play uh, what's Diabolic Tutor. Diabolic Tutor. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, you know, your explorer's uh, going to help you out with that extra mana that it costs. Yeah, and then, then we can have this sweet advertisement of $20 vintage deck. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I was thinking that that could go one of two ways where you do like that extreme where you like cut it down to 20 bucks <laughs> or you just like cut like one power nine piece and they're like, that's still like $36,000. Like, get out of here, you poor piece of shit. <laughs> I saved you $2,000. What more do you want from me? Where's the like the gratefulness? God. But, yeah. Oh, I guess Sylvan Library is probably restricted, too. Because there's only one. And that card's pretty good. Is that restricted? There's I'm not one. sure. Like, that's one of those cards that's, like, always a one-up. Yeah. Like, even in Legacy. Yeah. In that's true. Where shit. it's not restricted, but it's just, like, always a one-up. It's well, really bad in multiples. One. Yeah, you don't yeah. want more than one. Right. Uh, and situationally, it can be pretty bad, too. If you can't afford to, like, pay eight life. Then you can't afford super, to play Vintage, right? Right. It, it feels super mediocre. Sure. But, like, if you can put eight life into it, all of a sudden you're way ahead. And yeah. then you have this extra bonus of spending top it on your upkeep every time. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so back to our point is that the, the mid-range deck does seem very good. I'm but it big, might be restricted. I have no fucking idea. Yeah, I'm a big <laughs> sucker. I'm a big sucker for Leovold. Any deck that Leovold is played in, I want to play it because I think Leovold's a super sweet card. Me too. Yeah. Okay. And Mason was nodding his head, yeah, so I'm glad we're all in agreement there. I, I mean, that blue Xerox deck played played one of, right? It's it's restricted. No, it's not. No, it's not. It, it's, it's not a, restricted. It's a two or three of in Sultai. Maybe, maybe I did play a couple. I, I got to cast it a few times. I felt great. Yeah. It seems like creature removal, at least the one league that I play in, uh, it seems like creature removal is very low. Yeah, so, because you're, you're way more interacting with your opponent's borders stack. So yeah. something I like about the Sultai mid-range deck uh, is that it's full of all these cards that are like off-brand versions of these cards that are restricted. Like, Leovold, you get to play three of them, when you and can... it's doing the same thing as Narset, which yeah. is restricted. Uh, Collector Oof, you get to play as many of them as you want, it's and it does the, almost the same thing as Karn. Granted, it's not one-sided like Karn, uh, so it obviously does bring it down, but still. Are you... This is Null Rod. How dare you okay. compare it to Karn? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, either way, <laughs> like it, you're getting to do uh, yeah. run multiples of these effects that are and yeah, because that's actually the exact same thing that the stack stack is doing, right? Where it's it has one card in the main and then four null rod in the board. Where it's like, right. if we ever get to this thing, we're gonna make sure you still can't use your artifacts. So, okay. what if they renamed Collector of uh, Magus of the Rod? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Seems fine, honestly. I uh, didn't think you could have a cooler name than Oof. <laughs> yeah. And then, then you just go and prove me wrong. <laughs> I actually have the image of what that card looks like in my head, and it's not child-friendly. Just... No. That the Magus just holding this giant rod, like by it. Yeah, we're not gonna get that. <laughs> I, I was thinking either like this, where it's like parting the seas, or yeah, okay, yeah, or something even more suggestive. Mm, mm. That's like the PG 13 version of Magus of the Red, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's 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 sad to see surgical extraction all the way down there. Jeez, that's that hurts. I remember when that card was $50 a piece. Mistakes for me, kids. Two tabernacles? Tabernacle isn't restricted? No. Oh, sorry. Like, <laughs> they, they don't restrict uh, global effects, all right? As long as it's hurting you, too, it's fine and minted, apparently. Generally, the decks that are playing tabernacle don't play creatures, usually. Except, which uh, I, I think is the interesting thing about the Saltai deck with the two tabernacles inside and, like, it plays more creatures than almost any other. I have a feeling when you're bringing that in, you're cutting a lot of your stuff. So you're cutting a lot of creatures. Are you? I wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. I played. I, played. I, I think I would trim on like Leovold because usually. Yeah. You don't want more than one. Yeah. Um, well, and like they're not as good against the decks that you want Tabernacle. I think I think they're even yeah. better against the decks that you want Tabernacle. Well, like yeah, I guess they shut off. Um, Dude, I'm totally kidding. They're they're not good. I mean, they shut off Bizarre Bad Deck, though. That's right. Sure. A little bit. So does, like, you guys played with Collector Roof, right, in this format? No. Yeah. It was, when I, I played two or three leagues with Sulpe, I can't even remember anymore. My life is out of control. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'd, I'd say more than half my wins were just basically Oof plus Wastelands, where it's yeah. like, they were relying on their Moxin for mana and like maybe one or two lands. And then it's just like, oof, waste your one land. Yeah. You now have zero to one mana to work with every turn. It, it seems like just turn one oof could win you a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done that for sure. People will fight over it and that's how you know it's a good card. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like the version I was playing had three main deck oofs with the fourth and the sideboard and... I was loving it. Uh, I've seen other lists that only have like two main deck oofs, but I don't. I think the only deck it's completely dead against is some versions of the bizarre of Baghdad decks. And that, and even those, a lot of times they still will play like Black Lotus and maybe a couple of Moxen. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's a pretty solid Canadian yeah. LED. Can we just take a moment to realize that the deck that actually runs the least amount of power in it is the most expensive deck in Vintage? What? What deck is that? Stacks. Goal of Stacks is the most expensive deck in Vintage by, on average, (laughs) $13,000. Mishra's Workshop. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Four four Mishra's Workshop is almost $40,000. Right. And and then on top of that, you got the... uh, now they're running that other land we were just talking about. Tabernacle. Tabernacle. Yeah. Which, those are each, you know, the same cost of a mox as well. 2500 Yeah. So, they, yeah. I'm excited to write this article on a budget <laughs> vintage deck. <laughs> I think I might. I think I might. I think I have all day off tomorrow. Yeah, dude. Who needs Mishra's Workshop when you can just play 
ancient tomb. Mistress Factory. Mistress, the, the better, the Mistress more efficient. Factory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Just play Tromlands. Dude, uh, oh, I know. Um, Temple of the False God. That task tomb. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I did it. We did it. Vintage, I broke vintage. Vintage stacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I can just imagine the fucking the, the video now of just he's in there with budget chopstick and his opponent's going off on the battlefield like with Storm and he's just got three Temple of the Falls guys like I'm almost there baby just like <laughs> we get if we get two more turns, we'll be able to count. Storm counts at like 13. <laughs> Just like, I mean, we're, we're cooking. We're yeah. cooking. No, dude, he's, he's got more lands than that. He was exploring, remember? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm crying. Okay. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Speaking of, so this is, this is something I have to fix about myself. I'll go into a format, play five matches, and be like, ooh, I should brew a deck. <laughs> no, no joke. I'm like, oh, I have such a great idea for a deck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the fucking format. But I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to break it. I'm gonna... <laughs> but I was like, dude, Collector Room is awesome. And I in Blue Xerox, I got to do the cute little thing that you used to be able to do in Legacy with Red and Six and Wastelands. I'm yeah. Like, Dude, man. Also, if you could play Blood Moon, Blood Moon seems okay in Legacy. <laughs> okay, I like this. This deck is called Blue Xerox, and you've named a lot of green and red cards too. Like, yeah, at least the version I was running, there was. It's four colors. Okay, this deck yeah, is four, four colors. colors. Yeah, yeah. They need to change the name. I don't know why it's so, called Xerox. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Uh, Xerox is emphasis on free spells. I'm pretty sure. But there's not a lot of free spells. I, I think it's one of, of those things spells. where, like, you see this sometimes with the like legacy of vintage deck names, where it's just like they made sense once, but the yeah. deck has mutated yeah. to a point where it doesn't make sense anymore. Right? Yeah. That yeah, that's really weird. And then I'll just get to a point where just like I feel whatever like, piles. <clears throat> I feel like Maverick was just instantly an inappropriate deck name. Why? Why was it called Maverick? By the way. Well, because like. The guy was being a maverick with the deck. No one played anything like it. He was playing a bunch of cards that most people thought were not legacy playable. And if that's that's pretty dope, yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. But then, like, as soon as it's an established deck, calling it maverick doesn't really make sense. Yeah, right. just called junk at this point because yeah, back when it was maverick, he was right, and now that you call it junk, you're also right because yeah. that deck is a pile of shit again. <laughs> I mean, it was always a pile of shit. But it was like, But he did well with it, right? Yeah. yeah. So he was a maverick, and now you're just playing junk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to know what this is. It is junk colors, by the way. Yeah. 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 For for our listeners in there. Anyway. To look at all these free spells. So uh I I think That's in vintage. Let let it be known that card is seeing vintage play. Roiling Vortex from Zendikar Rising is seeing play in Vintage. Roiling Vortex. The two man, it's Bad Sulfuric Vortex. The two-mana Vortex that at the beginning of each player's upkeep, it deals one damage to them. Whenever a player casts a spell, if no mana was spent on that to cast that spell, it deals five damage to that player. And then you can pay a red. Your opponents can't gain life this turn. So I'm just going to kind of pivot into 
if you are thinking about maybe you're not like a normal vintage player, uh, but you're thinking about maybe joining this tournament for fun because you have a Mana Traders subscription or something similar, and you just can. Uh, if you're not willing to do any testing at all, uh, I think your best bets to jump in with would probably be Doomsday. Just learn the Doomsday piles. And as I was talking about before, the piles are way easier than they used to be. And LSV just did a video with it, too, so you can watch him play. Yeah, he went 3-2. One of the best Magic players of all time went 3-2 with the deck. So uh, he definitely had, easier. <laughs> he had abysmal luck. So some highlights. I think there were only like two games where his opponent did not have a turn one Black Lotus. Um, it was match one. It was yeah. both games in match one. And he still lost that match, too. Uh, and he also had a game where he cast that name a card, one black mana instant. Demonic consultation. Yeah, and you ex- so you name a card, then you exile the top six cards of your library. Yes. Um, and then you keep exiling cards until you exile the named card, and then you put that card into your hand. So he did that and immediately exiled both Thassa's Oracles from his deck. Yes. We're in that top six. So uh, he could no longer win with the combo. <laughs> Just to give a little snippet of the type of luck that LSV was having with the deck. Um, but you can still get a pretty good idea of how to play it. He does go over um, different piles. The, the different piles you can do to win um, and even when you would want to do them. So uh, if, if you just want to kind of do minimal investment into the format of figuring out how to play it, uh, it's a deck that mostly just cares about what it's doing. Uh, you could also do dredge, as we talked about. You don't give a fuck about what your opponent's doing. You can't interact with them anyway. Yeah, the plus, the plus, loading up your board and praying it's good enough. Yeah, and Dredge actually probably is even easier in Vintage. I, I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Because you're not looking for a specific set of cards. You're just looking for Bizarre. Like, yeah. You really just want to mulligan until you hit Bizarre. Yeah, um, or at least uh, Once Upon a Time and some other stuff. It, preferably both if you can get them. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, those are two decks that are pretty easy to jump in with. If you're willing to kind of figure out the meta a little bit, uh, I think the Saltai uh, midrange is a great call if you want to play a little more interactive met- magic. It it can beat any deck in the format. It has the tools to do it. You just kind of got to figure it out a bit. Or if you really want to bring the spice, play Mason's Budget Vintage deck. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and stacks is also yeah. the thing. You just yeah. gotta unload your hand and get there. So yeah. I think stacks would be a, also a good first pick. Just like you just play whatever, probably. And yeah, but I guess so. Playing stacks means that you have to have a little bit better knowledge of the meta because you have to know what your your hate pieces that you have to go get with Karn are. Like you need to know like what you're trying to do to stop them. Um, That's fair. Yeah, I I think. Stacks would maybe be slightly easier than Sultai to figure out. But there are just like a lot of cards that you can just play on turn one and they're just going to be yeah, good. Like Thorn and stuff like that, Transphere. Sultai also has the extra forgiveness of you have a million freaking cantrips plus Ancestral Recall, like where even if you're kind of... I had a lot of games where it was just kind of like I was muddling through it, but... I cantripped into Ancestral Recall or tutored out Ancestral Recall, and then I just had a million extra cards, a million extra forces to just be like, well, I'm going to play a Tarmogoyf and force your next three plays blindly and be okay with that. (laughs) Uh, So it's kind of forgiving in that way. 
I gotta well. say, this is not like the most dirty thing you can do in vintage, but I just want to say this is also a little segue of people that are, you know, maybe not vintage players and maybe want to try this out. You poor piece of shit. It was, I mean, we were in the same boat. We, <laughs> we all just started looking into vintage in the last month or so. Um, but we did it before you, so you guys are yeah. poor pieces of shit. We learned this format for you. Yeah. Well, and I, I speculated, I was like, I f- looked at vintage and I was like, this is something I'm not interested in. I'm never going to like play this in paper. And I don't even know if I like the format. I, I was kind of I was kind of hesitant thinking that like, oh, this is maybe just a dumb rich man format. But playing it, it's quite fun. Yeah, it's, it's a blast. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was kind of in the same boat. I didn't want to invest into it because I knew that I was never going to be playing it in paper unless like a proxy vintage league opens up in my area. That'd be sweet. That, yeah, I'd be down with that. Uh, shout out uh, Blind Tiger. Shout out Chimera. Get on it. Anyway, the format is a blast. Uh, and reading articles right now, a lot of longtime vintage players uh, are saying that it's in a really good spot right now. This is one of the better vintage formats that we've had as far as diversity. Because as we were just talking about, there's a couple of combo decks. There's mid-range deck and Sultai or, or Xerox. And then the aggro deck of the format is actually these bizarre bag deck decks are essentially the aggro deck of the format. So if you're an aggro player and maybe that's why you haven't gotten into it, um, basically I would look at uh, one of the bizarre bag deck decks, see which one appeals to you the most. That one, the deck's all about just filling up the board with creatures and turning them sideways. So if that's your thing, it's a way to do it, even though we just spent like 20 minutes trashing that deck. So (laughs) there's... There's a deck that I think Mason needs to see because if there's ever been a Mason deck in vintage, it's this guy's deck. It is a Golo Stacks deck, um, but he added colored spells to it. There we go. What? Uh, like Ancestral Recall. You can't say that in this and, day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Balance and Demonic Tutor and Tinker and Emery. He's playing. Oh. The man is playing Emery. <laughs> wow. And Sphinx of the Steelwind. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to. Sphinx of the Steelwind? Oh, man. That's giving me a Steelwind right now. <laughs> Lodestone Golem. Get it. Get it. Wow. Dude. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Sphere of Resistance. Yep. That's another uh, we, card that we didn't mention. We found the next thing for Mason Oasis to Yeah. Chroma- <laughs> chromatic Lantern to help you get those colors. Yeah. <laughs> People are saying that card's too slow for Commander. <laughs> oh, man. This is... Basalt's Monolith. Oh, golly. We did it. Yeah. We did it. The guy five out with it. He five out with it. By the way, I feel like we should have had this feel at the beginning of... Even if you don't play vintage, like it's actually fun before they fast forward. Yeah, yeah, past the vintage. Yeah, so if our editor can figure that out, I'll just reverse the. Yeah, goals. yeah, we'll just, just reverse the whole thing, <laughs> and then Bill here is summoning the devil. Yeah. <laughs> do we do we want to continue on? Yes. Vintage or no? No, sorry. We should we should move on. Move on. So I guess we can talk about the next tournament we're going to be running, uh, which is going to be. We're calling it the Dream Modern Ban List. It's kind of what we think based on our assumptions of what everyone wants. I think we're maybe at least a little better at that than Wizards. Um, <laughs> what we think the Modern Ban List should look like. 
so basically, we're going to unban Splinter Twin because everybody wants that. Uh, we're also going to unban Birthing Pod because that's another deck that uh, has always been a fan favorite that we think would be totally fine in the format. And we think that unbanning these cards will also open up some other decks to be fine for the format because uh, Splinter Twin was always kind of the great policeman of the format uh, in its time. Uh, same with Birthing Pod. And so we're going to unban Mox Opal uh, and Faithless Looting to kind of let graveyard strategies free again, as well as artifact strategies. So, you know, if you always want to play your affinity deck uh, or if you miss your stupid Urza deck, go for it. Uh, as well as, you know, Dredge gets uh, a little better with Faithless Looting. Uh, but we think from our testing, Splinter Twin uh, does a pretty decent job of keeping that in check, though they're both still very viable uh and then as we are mid-range aficionados we want to make sure they can keep up as well uh so we're also going to be unbanning deathright shaman punishing fire and jete and we did test them out and they're honestly legitimately viable uh in this format from our testing so uh it kind of opens up the world a bit if any of those decks are decks that you miss from uh moderns of old you know, check it out. Uh, it's going to be on the 8th. <laughs> on the 8th? The 1st is our Vintage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Vintage is going to be on the 1st. Uh, and then on the 8th of November, November, uh, we're going to have our dream modern ban list. So start brewing now. Yeah. Uh, and just uh, kind of a little peek from our testing uh, and different routes you can go with these decks. Uh, I found... I was actually about to plug your pod list. Like yeah. that, that pod list was sick. Yeah, Yog Pod is what I'm calling it, uh, which is basically the the Yogmoth deck that's currently like a tier two or three deck uh, in the format. With Birthing Pod, gets so much better. Uh, it basically allows you to be able to go off with just Birthing Pod and like one of your undying creatures. You can find the rest <laughs> of the pieces you need a lot of the time. So. Uh, yeah, it made the deck a lot more consistent. It can outgrind. It, it was a lot harder to fight it. A yeah. lot harder to fight it, but it's still beatable. Sure. Still beatable. Yeah, yeah. It's not overly dominant, but it can it can hang with all the other decks in the format. So you were the one jamming Splinter Twin a lot. Uh, you got anything to say about best deck in the Twin? format? Just <laughs> uh, no. So I played two different versions. I played Grixis, uh, which was kind of like the more controlling version, uh, and then I played Teamer. Spoiler alert. Teamer is really good when you just get to jam Uro. Like, Uro is your alternative win condition, and uh, it forces your opponent to have to try to fight you on two different axes. Like, well, do I want to prevent the combo, or do I want to stop Uro from pummeling my face in? And honestly, I think in about half the games, maybe even more than half the games, Uro just got there on his own. And I just played a control game while protecting my Uro, because I didn't have to deploy the Pester Might in the Splinter Twin. Which is similar to... um the latest popular versions of Splinter Twin before it got banned were Tamir, and then it was using Tarmogoyf as its alternate con. Because even back then, you know, people had to respect the combo so much that they maybe couldn't use the removal on Tarmogoyf. Right. And then you're just sitting there with all your mana leaks and lightning bolts and just... Yeah, just getting there. Just getting there. Uh, So similar thing, but raising the power level. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that this tournament is going to show why Twin got banned as much as going to show why Uro needs to get banned. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if we've mentioned it in the podcast before, yeah. but Uro, 
Hurdle is a pretty good card. It can just win games, and it makes things really frustrating. It makes it really frustrating right. to deal with. So. Yeah, so bring your grave hate, not just for Uro, but we did unban Faithless Looting. So yeah. I can pretty much guarantee you there's going to be if, and if, some um, grave decks. Also, I will say this. I will give the people that want to play Timber Twin a hedge. Because we're unbanning the... Um, the dredge deck and because if somebody like brian or somebody else figures out the yog pod deck anger of the gods is so important like it makes both of those matchups way better there was a game where i was playing against brian where i was like man i'm just dead unless i draw anger of the gods here and then i rip anger of the gods and then the game goes on for 10 more turns but i'm not dead the next turn and i didn't end up winning the game but like yeah anger is gonna get a lot better yeah anger is also just super good against um, Dredge a lot of the time. Yeah. You let them do their thing, get this big old board, and then you just wipe it all away. Yeah, uh, and it's a lot harder for them to rebuild because they don't have the threats in their graveyard anymore. Right. Yeah. they got to find new threats, and maybe they only have a few left in the deck. So Yeah. It does get a little more awkward with the, the new guy, right? Because with the prize amalgam... It, it's like a turn delayed, so like you'll prize amalgam, get your, you'll get your prize amalgams, wipe those away, but then on your end step, they'll get the the new the vampire, the vampire, the ghoul. The, yeah, yeah. It, it does allow them to to play around anger a little better than they used right. to. Yeah, um, but that's on them. Yeah. So for that reason, we're banning <laughs> ghoul. No. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I thought it was weird yesterday when you were playing the actual modern event, and the guy wasn't running ghouls; he was running blood gas. I was like, what year is it? Like, how is this relevant again? Yeah. Like, the ghoul seems better. Yeah. Because it can block, and it can draw you a card. Or dredge you deeper. Like, mm-hmm. why did... why did? And I think that delay is huge. I think that delay, yeah. like, when they enter, makes it really frustrating to deal with. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, uh, so <clears throat> we also were thinking about unbanning Hypergenesis. And the first iteration of Hypergenesis that we saw... Uh, our friend Mason over here, Bill, was, I'm going to say this as delicately as I can, absolute dog shit. It was a pile of shit. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I think we're fine. And then he's like, hold on, guys, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then he comes back, like, in a day with probably the best version of Hypergenesis I've ever seen. <laughs> or at least, yeah, uh, I thought, yeah, it's probably very close to the best build. Yeah, and he's just, it has a couple turn one wins or turn, turn one, like, insurmountable board states, like... It's very, very good. So because of that, we're like, let's pump the brakes. Let's see. Like, I think the only deck that actually beat you, well, he ended up beating you once, right? But uh, No, he never, well, he never won the match against Yogpod. Yeah. And I don't know how lucky that was, but basically, if he, if I didn't thought seize the combo out of his hand, then he, then it was because I had my full combo. So yeah, he, he was just there. he would hypergenesis, and I just be like okay, well, I'm gonna kill you before the combat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so. the other one was twin was you couldn't you couldn't even take a game off twin, right? You, oh, you did get a game off twin. I think I got one game out of like six, seven, seven, right? yeah, seven. seven. Yeah. So twin was also very good at shutting it down, but I feel like that's we felt like that was a little too much. Where like if you're not playing twin or like the pod deck then you have realistically no shot of beating the Hypergenesis deck. Yeah, I felt pretty confident that I don't think you were going to beat, like any other deck was going to beat the deck. Yeah. Like it just was so difficult to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And the twin deck was like so easy to beat beat, because they have 13 Exalted cards or Cascade cards. You have 13 Cascade cards and we have 13 Counterspells. 
four of which are force of negation, but we only need to counter the hypergenesis. We don't have to counter the, the, the cascades. Yeah. Right. We need nothing. Yeah. yeah. So it was a lot easier for us to like put ourselves in a position to win. But yeah, that, that was the best build of the deck we found was the cascade. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem with the other the other build we tried was um, electro dominance, electro dominance, and as foretold. The problem with that is you had to play other payoffs besides hypergenesis, which meant you weren't playing enough creatures, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you're going to do hypergenesis, you got to do hypergenesis, which is not uh, legal in this format. So right. Don't, yeah. Don't do well, it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe we're gonna do a no ban list at some point. Maybe, uh, and then then you can you know. But at that point, just play it. Just just play Eldrazi or Infect or Oops All Spells or Oops All Spells. Oops All Spells with Chromox. <laughs> Is that good? That, that was like, a chef's kiss. I know. Was yeah. that like? I hope I don't play against Etron or Eldrazi on game you just one. Just win the die roll. Okay. <laughs> they just win the die yeah. roll. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, what's your problem? Yeah. <laughs> once they figure out what they're doing, it's just like, I'm just going to chalice on zero. All right. And then we have a countryside crusher montage all over. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's why we're not doing a no ban list right away because it's been done before and we already figured out, you know, what wins it. And I think a lot of people thought they wanted the no ban list and then quickly realized it was dumb because Aldrazi pretty much just dominated anyway. Yeah. And I, I think I brought this up with these guys, but like, I, I'd be really interested interested to see how I'm, I'm actually pushing for another no ban list because I really want to see how the meta has evolved. The last time we got a no ban list was 2018 uh, in the, the very early 2018. I think it was January, 2018. Since then we've had Oko printed. We've had Hogak printed. We've had once upon a time printed We've had um, Urza oh. printed. We've had Astrolay printed. Um, they did a... There was a no-ban list by Star City. With that was the one I was... Oh, was there? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. They've done two, I think. Okay. Yeah, and what they found was Eldrazi still. Just wins. Yeah, because Chalice on one just fucking wrecks Hogak. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so... Yeah, it's still... I, <clears throat> I, I still... I'm a believer in Infect. Like, I want that deck to be good. Chalice on one. Chalice Oko, turn it into an up. Checkmate. <laughs> Didgeridoo. Yeah. <laughs> Didgeridoo. <laughs> That's for you, BBI. Uh, yeah. He doesn't even know he's BBI. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little inside joke for us. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But, no, I think that this format's going to be pretty cool. If we get it, I guess, we do we want to say that if we get enough attendance? That, I mean, sure. A little, yeah. a little bone to our... Um, listeners uh if we get a good enough attendance on this tournament basically if we get at least eight people that aren't in the fanny pack to show up we're going to start a tournament series where we're going to rebuild the ban list for modern uh so we're going to start at probably just no ban list uh though honestly i, I think we might just ban ibugan ban ibugan and maybe chromox right out of the that because I can pretty much guarantee those cards are going to get banned anyway uh, and then we'll basically do a uh, every two weeks we'll have a uh, rebuilding banless modern it'll start at either no bans or maybe just those two bans uh, and then we'll do a new ban list 
See, for, I think that's really strange that you would start with the Ayavugan Chrome Mox instead of like Ayavugan Mental Misstep. So give me that look. Like, okay, well, it's something like that. And, and this is part of why we haven't announced it yet because we haven't all fully agreed on exactly what it's going to be. Uh, we'll probably just start with actual no ban list. Just let it fucking ride. Except mental misstep. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, and, and then basically between each tournament, uh, we will announce like a day after or two days after the tournament uh, what cards are going to get banned uh, for the next one uh, so that we can kind of sort of how Pioneer happened where they just had no ban list other than the fetch lands just to give it um, a different identity from modern so that they could kind of naturally figure out uh, what the worst most offensive cards for the format were. So we think that would be a cool thing to do for modern. And then we'll actually gather deck analytics and um, post it directly at wizards after every update and just say like, look at us now wizards, we're doing your dirty work for you. Hopefully yeah. we have a small enough sample size that they're just like, wow, these guys are fucking right. And uh, they unban <laughs> twin. That's, yeah. that's the end goal here. So if you love yep. twin and birthing pod, we're trying to do the Lord's work. Help us help you. Yeah. And then by the fourth week, when Wizards inevitably bans us on Twitter or blocks us on Twitter, we'll have to send it via mail. But we'll do it yeah, still. We will. We'll do it for you. We will get paper cuts sending yes. out all those letters for you. Yeah. So be there. Or be square. Then we're sending out snail mail. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. On actual snails. Like, go. Go to Watsi <laughs> onward. <laughs> Get them, boy. <laughs> and it'll be winter, so they'll die. Yeah, yeah. So, what about you? What are, what are, what are your thoughts? What are you what are you thinking? How, what about no bandless modern? What do you like? What do you not like? <sighs> what do I like? I honestly, honestly, I think I might just cop out and play dredge. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't seem it's not it's not something that I like or would want to play, but it's there for the no ban list or for the dream ban list. For the dream ban list, sure. Yeah. Um. So I, I I still think that Twin will just rock the socks off of Dredge, but so I'm gonna say this. Um. Imagine that I'm your parent and you just told me that you wanted to go to school for a liberal arts degree. <laughs> <laughs> like I am so disappointed right now. Yeah, yeah. Either that, or I don't. I don't know. Maybe like if I dig into it a lot, I'll try to. I might try to play some stupid like deck that hates on all of people's favorite decks. If I can figure something out, just play Jun so, with Punishing Fire. Yeah, I. Uh, so I, I legitimately think that Jun is listen to your father could secretly <laughs> be the best deck in this format. I don't even know if you bother with Punishing Fire, uh, to be honest. I'm sorry, one second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but we unbanned it anyway, uh, if you want to try. Uh, for this particular format, I don't think Punishing Fire is actually good enough against, like, Twin. Because they're going to be focusing on the 1-4. Uh, if they play any of the Pestromites, it's going to be one or two of those for Deceiver Exarch. So Punishing Fire, I think, will be super medium in this particular format. Uh, same with JIT, to be honest. But Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to just gonna casually throw that out there. But Jund uh, is naturally super good against Twin. Uh, I think you're going to be running Abrupt Decays in this format over uh, Trophies uh, or Terminates, uh, as have been popular lately, for the not being able to be countered just to make sure you don't lose to Twin. Uh, 
And then you can build your cyborg to be able to be dredge, uh, which is, I think, going to be your main focus. But you also have the main deck, Deathrite Shamans, to really help with that. And their Deathrite Shaman does a lot better job of hating on dredge than Scavenging Ooze does, because uh, you can play it on turn one and then start holding up your mana. It's to a point. Uh, you can only get one thing a turn, but still, you could play out two. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, and Dredge actually slows down when they bring in Faithless Looting. Uh, they no longer have the ability to get their, assuming that they take out the Haggle uh, for Faithless Looting, which I think is the obvious way to do it. Yeah. They no longer have a way to get a board presence on turn one, yep. uh, which means you get a little more time to respond. So Deathrite Shaman can help. It's certainly not enough on its own, but maybe it can sneak you a game one win. Uh, and then as long as your sideboard has more grave hate, I think you're golden uh, against Dredge. And against Pod, Pod is going to be the hardest because uh, they they can outvalue you for sure. Uh, but you could just have your sideboard focus on beating Dredge and Pod, and you can be in a great spot. Deathrite John seems quite good oh yeah so also by yogpod deck I, I was running death right shaman as well shout out to that yeah but death right shaman could also stop that combo right yeah yeah that's why that, yeah they should all run punishing fire to kill the death right shaman there yeah go. <laughs> so death right shaman like gets rid of arrows and if you're playing mm-hmm. yeah Death twin you should probably just play arrow so yeah death right shaman uh is kind of the another great balancer of the format which is one of the reasons where I'm banning it. Uh, I actually think with Deathrite Shaman, it makes Uro okay. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you can either ban Uro or you can just give us Deathrite Shaman back. And, like, I honestly don't hate giving us Deathrite Shaman back. The issue is, is that the Uro decks will just play Deathrite Shaman. I was just going to say, you know what goes well in a in a Deathrite Shaman deck? It's some Uro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just play all the best cards and just don't worry about anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible that... Maybe instead of John, there's like a Sultai. Or four color for punishing fire. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm gonna die on this goddamn hill. <laughs> yeah. Well, five I mean, color you play on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to be honest, the only reason you're doing John is for Bloodbraid Elf and Lightning Bolt. And Lightning Bolt's kinda looking a little medium. And uh Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh and doesn't then, kill Yogmoth. Yeah, I'm um, blood raid might be a little slow, so like maybe you just go salta and play some fucking arrow. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, That's I don't I'm know. Some, something to consider. <laughs> like I said I said the thing <laughs> Locking it in, but I mean, you with with death right shaman, you have turn three blood raid, so maybe it's fine. You could also have a turn two, two arrow. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, turn two fucking non escaped arrow. Who gives a shit? Turn three escape their own. But then yeah. you're eating your own, <laughs> but then you're eating your own fetch land out of no, the graveyard. No, dude, they didn't fetch their dredge. So they probably they, now they get to go back to fast land so that they can have the turn one faith sitting and shit. I think so. Brian's playing dredge now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. You let me know how you feel with your fucking shitty dredge deck while I'm turn twoing an arrow. Look, let me know. I didn't say I'm that, playing so. dredge. We were just talking about playing against dredge. Shitty. I, you know, I'm on jump. Okay. I know you're on Yogpod, dude. I was, I was, or Yog, I, I was really enjoying playing the Yogpod. I got wrecked by Yog yesterday. Really? I got stomped, stomped by it. I, I enjoy the Yog deck. It plays a lot of cards that I've always really enjoyed. Did, like Young Wolf. Also, dude, fuck it, dude. 
That that was like the card I was most excited about. Spoilers for that time. I was like, Young Wolf. I don't know a lot about. I'm the like deck. a one man wolf pack. I don't know a lot about the deck, but is it is it like every deck plays Hapatra, or is that weird? That's 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 Hapatra. That is the commander <laughs> that I had. The black green one that whenever a creature gets a one negative one negative one counter, they get a snake. Because <laughs> that card, it's it's an wrecked. engine with it Young Wolf. Wrecks me. I was like, even if I can make you not combo out this turn or the next turn, you drew like 100 cards. Yeah. And that, that was that was 100% what, the reason why I ran Yawgmoth in my Apatra deck was because it as soon as you sack one thing, it just becomes an engine because it's like sack that, put a negative, sack my snake, put a negative one, negative one, draw a card. And like it's the self-propelling engine at that point. Like all it costs you is life. And they were able to kill my Uro. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, Apatra by itself. like just That's so sweet. me. And I was like, I don't feel like I ran into a Hapatra before. Uh, yeah, apparently I was missing out on the Hapatra actual Yawgmoth innovation. And I even said, I'm like, I think if you guys go back far enough, far enough in the Fanny Pack chat, it was the week or the day after we were on our way back from the energy where Aaron Barrich won with Yawgmoth. And I was like, do you guys think Hapatra could go in this deck? Because I was like, I also just built my EDH deck with Hapatra. Mm-hmm. I was like, do you guys think that's possible? Everybody's like, nah. And I, I granted, this guy's probably like one the one two bracket with you at the time. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but still, he did <laughs> it. Vindicated. <laughs> did it seem like if you're going against? I just don't know what you take out, but yeah. probably, it's probably a one of, right? Like, there's yeah. no way you're running it as anything more than one of. Yeah, you could definitely just have it as a one of. You can tutor it out if. Yeah. If you don't, if you can't quite combo, but you could draw a bunch of cards with it. I don't know. It it, see, it seems like it could be good against like the Uro Miles. Yeah. It also clears the way because like with Field of the Dead and stuff, you just like kill their tokens, kill the Uro. That costs you ten life, but you might be able to win the game now. Yeah. And it's also let you see ten cards. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite good. It 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 seemed absurd at the yeah. time. But yeah, because sometimes if you don't have the full combo, you need to get an attack in to get their life lower than yours. Yeah. So. Also. Yeah. How is Apatra worded? If you discard a card and proliferate with Yawgmoth. I've never seen that ability activated ever. I have. Yeah. I, have you done that? I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had open mana. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. You got to pay two mana for that, right? Or when the proliferate has been relevant in that deck. like I've had times where, like, maybe it could have been where I was, like, forced to put counters on your things in desperate measures yeah like i guess it could have been okay but i never had the extra mana yeah. okay yeah so if you did it without if you did the discard effect if you had a negative counter on three creatures and you proliferated with yogmoth you would get three snakes three snakes death touch snakes too right yeah, yeah. dude how can you lose with a bunch of one-on-one death touches Based on what I saw, you can't. Yeah, because yeah. he just wrecked me. Like it wasn't even close. <laughs> I was just thinking of uh, <laughs> shout out to Desolator Magic. If anyone has seen <laughs> that joke, so he actually lives in our area. Um, I'm not gonna like say his name or anything, his actual name, but uh, he used to play at Chimera when I did as well. And he he had this deck where he literally just played every one one Death Touch that was standard legal. And he just thought he was like the smartest guy ever, and like who could possibly beat one one death touches? Turns out, everybody. like that, that was just the whole deck. It was just one one death touches, no like card advantage engine, not even a whole lot of actual removal. 
just I got death touches, boy. Endless blockers. And he gets so angry when he lost, and it's just like, yeah, you're not. Endless blockers on the ground, dude. Yeah. How you get through? Well, yeah, what, what could possibly mean that? Uh, <laughs> How you getting through? I don't know. <laughs> I just think about that like every time I'm like playing limited or something, and someone plays one on one death touch, I'm just like, instructed staple. <laughs> And then you're like, wait, but how are you getting through? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. That's I didn't think of that that part. Yeah. I also yeah. have to kill yeah, he, you. He just, yeah. Damn. Apparently, like three power on the board from three cards is just unbeatable. Yeah. That's that's a seven turn clock. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, it, it's still a seven turn clock after they turn one, play their one one, and then turn two, play two more one ones, mm-hmm. and then knock it at nineteen. It has remained a seven turn clock. Yeah. It seems really good. Yeah, super good. And <laughs> and he switched off of playing mono blue devotion for that. He thought he had broken the format. He did. He broke it. He like it's you know how it, when you could kick a door open? Like yeah. the door like kicked open with so much force that it just yeah. smashed his face <laughs> and he fell down the stairs. Like oh god. It it was funny, like I think what he got some confidence from playing mono blue devotion and winning the occasional match that he thought he was great at magic. And then that's probably why he started his channel. <laughs> but then he, he started innovating the mono blue devotion and playing strictly worse cards. <laughs> and then he started losing and then he switched to one, one death touches for days. Yeah. yeah. Did he win a game? I doubt it. Not against me. <laughs> I would only play him if it was like round one pairing. And then I would trash him and he'd get super salty and just, he would just constantly be like, oh, you only beat me because you had interaction and cards didn't matter. That's not what he said, but, you you know. (laughs) Just because your deck's better and you played better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't for those two things. We'd we'd be on equal ground. You're such a a net decker. God. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when that was an insult? It yeah. still it still is to the no I'm not we're not gonna get into it. I was one of those people. Oh yeah, I definitely was too. I think yeah. we all were at some point, right? No, I wasn't. Never? No, dude, I, I, I quickly realized that net decking was just the way to go. You were a MD at day one? Yeah. I mean my my thought process has generally always been these people are smarter than me, have better results than me, they put in more time and effort into this game. I'm going to take what they view as stock. I'll make some changes. Like I might make like a tweak or two, but they're probably right. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, I think you can only do so well by a hundred percent net decking. Cause like sideboards and like flex slots are usually specifically targeted for the event that they're in. Uh, if you can't figure out how to do those on your own, you're going to only get so far, but yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm an old school player, so I remember the days when all basically no one could net deck, and then then net decking started to become a thing, and most people hated it. And then there was just like this slow transition to net decking yeah. becoming. The I thought you were going to talk about your mono black days, and I was Dude. just like, you had to walk to that tournament uphill both ways. You guys don't even know, fucking torment block, yeah, mono black nightmares. But <laughs> he, he was ten and zero at like. Four years old, like <laughs> he doesn't even know how to read yet. He was just walking up to people, and be like, "You lose!" And like, "God damn it, he's right. You're in. I'm in." Uh, but and then my mommy made me come home. Yeah, he he missed snack time. He was getting a little cranky. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, he was. He he might have gone. He might have been the next uh, prodigy. He could have been the next Finkel. But... Yeah, dude, you tell the story so much better than me. I know your embellishment so much better. I know. I know. <laughs> he 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 was on pace. Whoever won that tournament got to go into John Finkel's house apartment in New York City and actually play against him and get mentored by him. And he lost. He like he had to go home, but he was almost there. Like he yeah. almost made it. It would have been a real life anime, I guess, where you yeah. just get taken in by somebody dude my deck could have been gold border yeah how hot yeah. would that have been yep that would have bought that so, yeah. <laughs> so like low-key i'm like really sad that they don't do that anymore because i think that that would be like the coolest thing ever to have your deck in gold border that would be dope yeah but we are getting very off topic yes yeah, <laughs> um so we have the vintage tournament coming up we got the no bandless or dream bandless tournament coming up and maybe, depending on you all out there, we might even have a No Bandless series coming up. So um, that's kind of what we're doing on our end. We hope you're well in these trying times. Um, but that's all I got. Do you guys want to do any more plugs real quick, or what do you guys got? Um, yeah, I think, I don't know exactly. We don't have it planned out. But for our Fanny Fight Nights that are happening on Wednesdays and Fridays, we're figuring out exactly what schedule works for everyone. But, yeah, that's on Twitch, and we're going to be trying to do maybe some some testing maybe with this ban list we might do mm-hmm. next week or vintage or something, but you know, check us out if you're, if you're, if you're looking into that and looking for ideas for the tournaments. Word. Yeah. All right. Well, this is, this has been I did gang signs. You guys, can, <laughs> you guys can see that. Yeah. It was, they weren't really gangs. I don't know. <laughs> I'm scared for my life. I didn't know we had a Latin King and blood blazing. Yeah, He's doing the blood. Go. That's yeah, a pretty good one. That is. Dude. Dude, that was, that was how you became cool uh, in high middle school. This is be able to spell blood with your hands. Okay, well, now we just lost the entire crypt viewership. Though. Yeah, <laughs> shit. That was one of our biggest demographics. Yeah. I forgot. Uh, so yeah. thanks for that. We're, well, red, we're red mages here. <laughs> well, actually, I prefer the magic of counter spell. Okay. All right. So thank you guys for listening. This has been the Fanny Pack Podcast. As per usual, we have Mason. Brinson and Brian. Dude, Mason does the closing. Who the fuck do you think you are? I'm trying to get this over with. My man's got to pee. So, ah, uh, <laughs>